Hello and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Raul and I will be your online host today. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening in, thank you for making us part of your Sunday morning. If this is your first time visiting us, then welcome to Thrive Church Online and we can't wait to hear from you. Text me to 604-285-5770 as we want to send you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle just for visiting us today. Parents, don't forget, visit mythrive.info slash online so you can download today's kids' lesson plan and activities as they're ready for download. All right, do I have an active and engaged audience? Let me see. Using your best emoji, show us that you are ready. Okay, interesting emojis. Now, show us how you're tuning in to Thrive Church Online by taking a selfie and using the hashtag Thrive Church Online and post it on your favorite social media platform. Can't wait to see those pictures. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's tune in to today's message. and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB, I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday to worship God here at church together. And if you are here for the first time, if you're new to Thrive, a massive welcome to you. You are what we call our VIP, and we especially wanna welcome you. In fact, we got a special gift to give to you. It's your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle. If you wouldn't mind texting the word NEW, N-E-W, to the phone number 604 55770 or you can go to mythrive.info and touch that button. I'm new and we love to get in touch with you that way. In fact, since welcoming is not just what we do at Thrive, it's who we are. Would you just go and in your chat rooms right now, would you just welcome one another in your chat rooms? Would you welcome the person that you're sitting beside and watching the service with? Maybe there's, you're all by yourself, but you know someone, you know, maybe across the highway from you who's watching the service. So would you just, would you text them right now and just say, hey, it's awesome to do church with you today. It's so amazing to be here with you. Let's welcome one of the church this uh, this Sunday. Amazing. You guys are an awesome church. You guys are proactive church. I don't know about you, but I find this is that is, this is our 10th time doing online services as a church. And a huge thank you to our, 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 our volunteers, our staff, our team that have been working so hard to make our online services possible. I find this that when, when it comes to online services, when you're watching through a screen, it's easy to get tempted to kind of just be a spectator. And all you do is just watch. You don't really respond. You don't really participate. But if you want to make the most of your time today, can I encourage you? Be proactive today. Even if you're the only one in the house watching the service. When we say, hey, would you give God a big hand, a big shout? Would you give God a big hand, a big shout right wherever you are right now? Could you do that right now? Because you're gonna find this is when you participate, you're gonna find you get so much more out of this time together. And so I wanna encourage you, take good notes today. I encourage you to sit in the edge of your seat, even if you're in the PJs and you're, you're comfortable, amazing, but let's make the most of our time together today. You know, if you're here and you're wondering, why do we exist as a church together? Let me tell you, here at Thrive Church, we exist for five purposes, which we call A-E-I-O-U. And if you're new to Thrive or you've been watching our online services, but you've never heard this before, let me tell you this today. A-E-I-O-U stands for this. A stands for alive. It means we're here to worship Jesus. E stands for expectant. It means we're here to grow into Christ-like disciples. We want to become more like Jesus in our attitude and the way that we live. I stands for involved. It means we want to serve God with our talents. It's the idea that we're not here just to be spectators 
going through life, but we want to make a difference in this world with the talents that God has given us. O stands for out loud. It means we're here to lead other people to Jesus because we believe God's love is too big and too good for us to keep to ourselves. We want to share it. And U stands for united. It means we're here to love this family that God gave us called his church, A-E-I-O-U. In fact, we sum it up in one vision statement that I want to show you right now. Would you show this right now? Would you read this with me in a big, loud voice? This is why we exist as a church. This is our vision as a church. Would you read it with me in a big, loud voice right now as a proactive church together? Let's say it right now. It says, at Thrive Church, we exist for five purposes, which we call A-E-I-O-U. A stands for alive, which means we're here to worship Jesus. E stands for expectant, which means we're here to grow into Christ-like disciples. I stands for involved, which means we're here to serve God with our talents. O stands for out loud, which means we're here to lead others to Jesus. U stands for united, which means we're here to love our spiritual family. And our dream is to build a church of 10,000 AEIU leaders in the city of Vancouver. Oh, come on, give God a big, big hand, a big shout in this place, wherever you are right now. That's our dream. That's our vision as a church. Wherever you are in the world, we believe that God made you to be alive, expectant, involved, out loud, united, A-E-I-O-U. Turn to the people in your chat room, the people you're sitting beside, watching the servant and say, you were made to be A-E-I-O-U. You were made to be A-E-I-O-U, and that's the kind of church we are, and that is our vision together. You guys are an amazing church. You guys are beautiful inside and out. Do you guys bring your Bibles here today? Do you guys bring your Bibles? If you wouldn't mind just grabbing your Bibles right now, this is my Bible. It looks like a paper Bible. Maybe yours is the same. Maybe yours is a phone or device that you download the Bible into. Either way is cool, but we're just going to do this fun thing. It's a fun way to get our hearts ready for the message today. Why don't you hold up your Bible like so, and we're just going to make this proclamation together in faith together right now. Let's say this together in faith. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 We're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Exodus Hope for Hard Times. And if you are going through some hard times right now and you could use some hope, this series is for you. We've had an amazing time going through this series together, learning from the book of Exodus, one of the most famous, most significant stories ever told, some important lessons that give us hope even today. And I think through this series, hopefully you've been seeing just how relevant God's word is. Even though this story is about 3,500 years old, it has so many lessons for us that help us to find hope in hard times today. And so um, we're going we're gonna to get right into it today. In fact, we're not just studying the book of Exodus every Sunday together, but we're actually studying the book of Exodus every day together. And if you want to get in on that, if you are interested in getting to know more about the Bible or more about the book of Exodus and how it applies to our lives, then I want to encourage you to sign up for Pastor JB's Game Time Sharing Emails. This is something that I do with everybody here at Thrive. Every single day, we'll send you a little email that says, uh, that shows you a passage that you can read from the book of Exodus, and I'll share with you some, some lessons that I'm learning from that, and if you find that encouraging, then awesome. You can sign up for that at mythrive.info. would love for you to get in on studying the book of Exodus together. Well, we have uh, someone incredibly special to bring uh, the word of God to us today, to bring episode five of uh, our series here, Exodus, Hope for Hard Times. Would you please give a very, very big warm welcome to the one, the only, Pastor Tim Ashoey, as he brings the message to us today. Let's give him a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Let's welcome him today. Thank you so much, Pastor. What a joy it is to be here again. 
Uh, we love Thrive. We love the people of Thrive. We love the vision, the leaders, pastors here. And uh, we're so thrilled that we can uh, actually grow in the context of this local church. No matter how long you're going along in life and the things of God, uh, you always want to be growing. And uh, my wife and I are still growing. And even my hair continues to grow. There's a lot of talk about the people getting their hair cut. And I haven't got my hair cut, especially when I, when I found Samson in the Bible. I thought I'd better not touch my hair. I could lose my power. And so, so here we are with hair a little bit longer, but that's all good. And uh, we, we're just enjoying these days. In spite of the challenges, we're enjoying the Bible teaches us to rejoice in all things at all times, and so that's what we do. We just are rejoicing in God and what He is doing in these days. And this morning we're going to be talking about wisdom for hard times. We're going to be taking you to the book of Exodus chapter 18. And I think today we will, we will actually um, just uh, read from that uh, portion of Scripture uh, it'll be up there on the screen, and I'll lead you and uh, do read along with me. <clears throat> the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You are and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representation before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way that they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Say that word satisfied. Satisfied. One more time. Satisfied. God wants us to have a life that is filled not with frustration, even in hard times, but rather he wants us to be satisfied, that we will have satisfaction in our lives. I just want to mention if, uh, a few things about the book of Exodus. It's an amazing drama. I've so enjoyed the series uh, as Pastor 
uh, JB and uh, Pastor Shar have been uh, speaking in these days. It's been very enlightening, very uh, inspiring, and uh, at the same time, you, we see some of the awful side uh, that can happen in our world when certain things are unleashed in our world, and we're experiencing some of that in our world right where we live today. But as we read through the scriptures and noticed the sermons, uh, we have noticed that deliverance came again and again for the people of God as they turned to God. Uh, we know that there were the, the ten awful plagues that were unleashed, and uh, that was a horrible thing. However, when the blood was put upon the doorposts of the houses and there was to be a lamb for a household, the plague did not harm those houses. So as believers, we have amazing protection, protection that has been provided by Jesus Christ through the blood that he shed on the cross. Uh, we can't say enough of that. As you look uh, in this story, you see the drama of, you know, the, the Egyptian armies coming after the people of God after they had finally been released and, and Pharaoh, in his hardness of heart, just won't, won't give in, won't give up. And, of course, we see in that story where there were all these chariots that were chasing the people of God to the Red Sea, and then the Red Sea engulfed them, and that was the end of things for that army and for the horsemen. And then Miriam gets out her tambourine and she begins to dance before the Lord. And she says, I will sing unto the Lord. He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider he's thrown into the sea. And, and, and then she sings, the Lord, my God, my strength, my song has become my victory. And this is how God wants us to live our lives. He doesn't want us to live being defeated just because there's difficulty. God wants us to be singing great songs of praise to the Lord. And, tri and in triumph, we enjoy his presence and his power in our lives. Can you say amen? Mid all of this victory, there was some of these that were tagging along that were complaining. And that's a sad part of the book of Exodus. We see some people that could have joined in the celebration, but they were complaining and they were missing out on the blessings. And I say, God, help us not to fall into that kind of a trap. Amid all of this, you see these complainers that are hanging around. And uh, I look forward to the day when there's not one complainer in the church, in the family, and in the world where we just celebrate Jesus and celebrate his goodness. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I just wanted to read this before I get into the bulk of my message today. Uh, read it with me wherever you are. Uh, These things happen to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. But it goes on to say this, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. What was happening then 
way back these hundreds and thousands of years ago still happens today. It's common to humankind. Uh, we face the same kind of struggles. But here it says, this is what I really love, and, and say this with me, and God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted or tested beyond what you can bear. See, God is so good. He doesn't, he doesn't put us in situations or allow situations that we cannot handle. He puts us into situations and he, he says, no, you, you can overcome here. You can, you can rise above this circumstance and this situation. So it's not going to be above what or beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You can endure it. Say to somebody that's in the room with you, or if you're alone, say, you can endure it. Say it again. You can endure it. Not only say you can, you say, I can endure it. Say that with me. I can endure it. So in, in these pages in, in Exodus uh, the book of Exodus, we, we find that there are hundreds of, of life and faith lessons that are revealed in these chapters, and uh, we can learn great lessons for all time from what happened back there. The Bible tells us that back in that time, even though Jesus Christ had not come, uh, there are flashes of truth that you read in the New Testament because the uh, New Testament unveils the meaning of the Old Testament. Back then, the Bible says, they followed that rock, and that rock was Christ. Imagine that. They followed that rock. So there was, you know, illustrations back then of... Uh, water coming out of the rock, miracles around the rock uh, that Moses performed. And the Bible says this all pointed to Jesus Christ. That rock was Christ. Say that with me. That rock was Christ. Might I just say something before I go further in this? You know, there are what we call good times and bad times. And uh, we all want to stay away from the bad times. But you know, the, there are pitfalls on other, either side of this. Uh, you know, we can, we, can, uh, we can actually lose out in good times, or we can lose out in bad times. We can not be winning in good times because maybe our hearts are turning away from God when the times are good and we've got everything, our attention is captured by all the good things. And so overcoming good times is often as necessary as overcoming bad times. It's easy to get caught in losing out even in good times. So... I, I say to us today, 
let's, once we get through these hard times, let's watch out for the good times because there can be traps of materialism and, and just things that grab our attention and we, uh, our, our lives get consumed with the things of this world rather than with Jesus Christ as we should be most consumed with, and that is with his love his purposes, and his plans for, for all, of, all of our lives. When you look at Egypt, not everything was bad in Egypt. Uh, they wouldn't have wanted to go back when they were in the desert if it was all bad. Because they remembered the leeks and the garlics, the good food, some of the good times in Egypt. Even though they were in slavery, there were some good things back there. So it was not all bad. In the desert, after they uh, traveled on, uh, they became stripped of all the dependencies uh, upon Egypt. There was a system in Egypt that, that was, you know, born out of prosperity. Remember Joseph's time? There was a lot of prosperity there, and they were riding high for years. And uh, so there was a dependency upon upon Egypt rather than a dependency upon God. And it's like it can be even in our time today, people can be depending on our government to provide everything for us when, you know, really we should be looking to God and we should be a people that uh, are, are governed under God and self-governed to live in such a way that is pleasing unto the Lord. And so they were stripped of their dependencies. And so if we turn to God in hard times and good times, we're always doing the right thing. So whether the times are bad or good, we should always be turning to God. Our, our attention should be toward Him. We should be uh, seeking His face, seeking the truth of His word. Uh, and, and thus we will live victorious lives. We learn that hard trials and lessons don't end overnight. Sometimes it takes years for certain things to pass. Israel was in Egypt for 430 years. Then they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, the 40 years could have been, uh, according to some theologians, that could have been over in 10 to 12 days uh, journey. But uh, because of their disobedience and their attitude not being right, they, they made this a hard, long, arduous journey. And so we, we learn great lessons as we look at all of these things. <clears throat> Egypt took full advantage of, of Israel to build and maintain its power. Going back in time, Exodus is a story of Israel, a nation within a nation. While Egypt did everything to have Israel lose their identity, they could not make that happen. They maintained their identity as a people. And I believe in a similar way. We, the church, are a nation within a nation. We are in the world, but we are not of it. We are salt and we are light we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, showing forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. 
So I don't want to lose my identity just because I'm in the world. You don't have to lose your identity because you are in the world. We maintain our identity even where it's dark. We still are people of light. I want to talk now about lessons that we gain from the life of Jethro and Moses in this, cha in this chapter in Exodus, chapter 18. And I'm calling it wisdom in hard times. We need wisdom in hard times. And I believe once we find the wisdom of God, there is that sense of fulfillment and even enjoyment in life because we're walking with him the way that we should walk in his wisdom. The Bible tells us don't, don't make war before you get good advice. Better to get advice before rather than after. After may be too late. There are different types of wars and challenges that we all face. Uh, and we need, we need advice. We need uh, wisdom as we face the wars that we are in. Someone has said COVID-19 is a war. And I think it was one of the leaders in the world says we are going to win this war against COVID-19. So may God help us as we walk through life and face the different wars that we face, that we might war wisely and find wisdom. And wisdom is finding a better life, finding a better way. If we get wisdom and we get understanding, we get what we need in life, and we can overcome many things just by the wisdom that comes from God. And, of course, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is made unto us wisdom. It's been said of Jesus that a greater than Solomon is here. And Jesus was known for his wisdom. Solomon was known for his wisdom. Uh, not all of his life was wisdom. He did some foolish things. Jesus did not do any foolish things. He is made unto us wisdom. Now going to Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 to 27, which we have read, uh, there are great lessons here in those verses for, for any kind of leaders that lead in any corporate kind of situation. Moses was drowning with overwork and responsibilities. And uh, we... He had more than he could handle. When you consider all the people, now there's so many different estimates as to how many people were following out of Egypt. Some are into the high hundreds of thousands. Some say that there could have been a, a million or two million people. Regardless, it was a lot of people. And morning till evening, situations were coming up that needed negotiation and judgment. And there was a lineup at, at Moses' door, and there was no resolves for some people because there just wasn't the time to resolve those situations. So, from who do we get the best advice? Well, in this instance, Jethro was the answer to Moses' problems and questions that he faced. Jethro came, was Moses' father-in-law. And uh, 
God chose a, a very wise man for Moses in the midst of his very, very difficult situation. And there are wonderful guiding principles that we find here for finding wisdom. And uh, in, in chapter, 18, verse, chapter 18, verse 1, we find that Jethro was a man who was following what God was doing in Israel. You read that in that chapter. He knew how God had, had brought them out of Egypt, and he watched what was going on. He was in tune with the times, and he was, he was on the lookout for his son-in-law, Moses. Furthermore, we notice in verses 2 to 6 that Jethro, the father-in-law, works to unite the family in every possible way in this situation. He brings Moses' sons, and he brings his wife, and these are all actions of wisdom. I, I look at Jethro, and I say, what a great example. Here's a man that follows with interest his, his family, then he brings his family to meet Moses, and then furthermore, the Bible tells us that Jethro met them at the Mount of God or the place of the presence of God. And, uh, and I was so challenged when I, when I read that. I thought, what a wonderful thing that he did with, with all of the pressure that was going on. Uh, there was all this wilderness wandering that was going on. A lot of things uh, were not just all like they should be. But Jethro turns and he says, we're going to meet at the Mount of God, the place of the presence of God. And I want to say today that this is a good place to get great things when we need them. I believe if we're going through difficulties and challenges and we need wisdom in life, Let's, let's go to the mount of God. Let's go to the presence of God. And there we're, we're bound to get good things. Next, I, I notice that the house of God was, as it were, central in Jethro's life. If you're seeking wisdom from people, who do you go? You go to people that are just reading secular stuff and getting wisdom out there from the secular world, or are you going to, to the place where God is involved, and God is all-wise, he knows every situation through and through, he knows the beginning, he knows the end, he knows what should be done, what shouldn't be done. And so Jethro seems to revolve around the house of God with his life. I was talking to a friend recently, and he said, in, in our family, he said, we were raised this way, that the house of God was central in everything we did in our lives. That was, that was, the, that was the first place we go. It wasn't the last place we went to, and just when we were in trouble. It was always first in our life. Sunday, we were there to worship the Lord. Midweek, when there was prayer, when there was um, uh, Bible studies, we were, we were there learning the Word, getting close to God, uh, communicating with God and one another. You see, this is, this is the kind of thing that was happening here with Moses and Jethro. 
It's like the house of God was central in the midst of all the pressures they were facing. The, the, the house of God was central. It wasn't the pub, the, the neighborhood pub that's a central place. It wasn't the school. It wasn't education. It wasn't university. While all those things have their place in our society, we have to ask the question, what is central in our life? Is God central or are other things central? With Jethro and Moses, who are both great leaders, we find that the house of God was central. When, another thing we notice about Jethro is that he rejoiced for all the goodness and the greatness of God. He was not a complainer at all. We know that, as we mentioned earlier, that Lot and Israel were complainers, but not Jethro. Jethro was a man who was rejoicing in how God delivered Moses and all of Israel in the Red Sea and rehearsing Miriam and her dance, maybe. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a great way to live your life. Furthermore, Jethro offered to the Lord with Moses and with Aaron and others. It was like he was singing this song that David would sing, Come, let us go unto the mountain of the Lord, to the house of our God, and there we will meet our God, and we will, he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. What a wonderful way to live your life. Furthermore, Jethro instructs Moses on a plan for leading that he needed to have enacted in his life. Moses was wearing out. There were all of these people, and they were having disputes, and obviously there was a, a, a sense of carnality in Israel, as we know, and uh, therefore there was not harmony among themselves. You see, where, where we're carnal, we tend to be fighting when we are in harmony with God and walking with God we tend to be in harmony with one another rather than in, in, in conflict. And here we find Jethro gives instruction to Moses. He says, you, you choose certain kinds of people and you teach them the, the way that they should go, how they should walk through life and teach them the work that they should do and teach them the word and you'll have good leaders. I find those, those four things that are mentioned there are so important to leadership in the church. And really, it was not just teaching at a distance, but he was saying, you, you, you show them the way. You mentor them. You walk with them. And you give them the word of truth, the word of God that's going to transform their lives. And this will ensure long-term success. What a, what a tremendous uh, advice is given to Moses. Now, how did Moses respond to this wise advice? It's one thing to have advice come, but it's another thing to respond to it properly. Let's take a look at what Moses did. In verse 7, Moses showed the highest honor to Jethro. It, like, it was like this is a word from God. And there was a beautiful exchange and embrace that took place when they met. And uh, when we have that kind of response to a word given, it's always going to yield much fruit. 
Then furthermore, Moses honors God for the deliverance that they had before his father-in-law Jethro. He gives God glory. And, and, and it's so important in everything we do as, as leaders that are growing and, and, and getting advice that we honor the Lord while we honor those that represent him. Then furthermore, we find Moses humbly heeds the voice of his father-in-law Jethro and he delegates the workload to, to many different people and there were captains of tens, fifties, hundreds, thousands dealing with all of these things now. And only the hard cases were brought to Moses. And, uh, you know, many of the, um, the great management gurus, and uh, they tell us that it was about in the 80s when the whole leadership movement started in our world. And then there were great management gurus like Drucker. If you've ever heard that name, if you've been around the management world, you'll hear of his name. You know, people like uh, Drucker uh, read this, these kind of, or referred to this kind of uh, truth from Scripture and, and, and built their management uh, skills and operations out of some of these principles that are here in the Bible. Then you have the John Maxwells and many different great leaders uh, that teach and lead on the subject of leadership. And, uh, and out, of, out of this, there's great, great, great wisdom. So Moses humbly heeds the voice of his father-in-law Jethro, and he delegates the work to many. And then Moses sets the standard for the people who are to lead. And the, these people according to the standards set, were to be capable, they were to be trustworthy, they were to be people that feared God. You know, a lot of times we make choices just on the basis of somebody's talent. We say, well, the, the talent is there, and so therefore they'll be a good leader. Uh, they didn't go for the talent. While talent is important, uh, it was character that was much more important, and so they went for uh, yes, capability, that's part of talent, but people who would be trustworthy. You could trust their word. You could take their word to the bank. Uh, people that have a real reverence for God. He says, these are the kind of people you want to put in place. And people who actually hate dishonest gain never would we want to take advantage of someone else and and get gain for what we have done that is dishonest. And so all of these things were set in place. But the upshot of this is uh, all of these, this instruction that comes from, from Jethro and is carried out by Moses, there's great results of, from doing things God's way. God's plan for you, for your family, for the church, and the community is that we might have peace, that there might be great results in the end. And that's what we see here. You know, people in our world today are looking for peace. Peace is found in doing things God's way. Things are, uh, are peaceful in our world 
when we are doing things according to God's perfect will, whether it be in our family, in the church, or the community, or how we structure things, if we do it God's way, the Bible tells us that the effects of righteousness or the effects of doing things right is peace. I don't believe it's good for us to, to follow the Frank Sinatra song, I Did It My Way. Better that we follow the songs that we sing, we did it God's way. Can you say amen? You see, peace does not come by overwork. Peace does not come by making more money, getting into more luxury, you know, saying, well, I've traveled the world and so on. Or if I can just have a little bit more of this or have a little bit more of the other thing that I can have peace in my life, a little more entertainment, a few more friends, I can have more peace in my life. Bottom line is peace comes when we do things according to God's will. When, he when we take advice from a man like Jethro, who had God first in his life, the mount of God was paramount in his life. Sacrificing to God was one of his great motivations. He knew where the righteousness of God came from. It came from the one he was pointing to with his life, and that was Jesus Christ himself. I say, in the midst of hard times, let us come to the one who alone can give us wisdom where we can find peace. You see, peace comes when the Prince of Peace is in control. We all go to our place in peace when Jesus is in charge and when he is in control that's why jesus said take my yoke upon you yoke was an instrument that bound two together and jesus said i want to get into the load that you're carrying and i want to carry with you and i want you to harness yourself to me so we can walk together and you will find rest in your soul. Israel found rest when they found the will of God, when they found the counsel of the Lord. The righteousness of God brought them rest in their souls. And we too can find rest today, tomorrow, every day, everywhere we go, we can find rest because He's with us. The worship team is going to come and lead us at this time in some worship. Then Pastor JB is going to carry through.
the service, would you just give God your praise in this place today? Would you shout to God wherever you are right now? Would you give God a big hand clap right now? Would you, in whatever way you can, just express your thanks and your praise to God today? I want to thank Pastor Tim for a powerful message, and I want to let you know it's Victoria Day weekend, and, and I feel great. I don't know if you can tell, I'm, I'm wearing short sleeves today, even more, I got a haircut. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't want to trouble anyone this past week, so I was really tempted to cut my hair myself. Uh, we have this hair cutting kit, and I was really, you know, should I cut my hair? I was even planning how to do it. And I'm so glad I didn't, because uh, I would not be looking this way right now. I'm so thankful for my wife, Pastor Charlene, who came to my rescue when I really needed help. The fact is this, why do I mention that? It's because there are certain things in life that we can't do on our own. And one of the reasons why I believe God gave us the story of Moses meeting Jethro once again and getting his help when he needed it in a bad way is to remind us that we can't do life on our own. And the fact is that the, where you are right now watching the service, wherever you are in life right now, I just want to encourage you to just, just take a moment just to, in the quietness of wherever you are right now, just to thank God. Just think about that, that one or two or three or maybe more people who have made a difference in your life that have allowed you to be where you are today. That, you know, I, I know probably life isn't perfect right now. Maybe there's some things that are frustrating you, but the fact is you're alive. The fact is there's clothes on your back. The fact is there's breath in your lungs and, and you, you're, you're extremely blessed far more than you possibly could imagine. And, and I can, can I tell this, why don't you just take a moment right now, even just to think of that person who helped you to get to where you are today, who you wouldn't be here without today. Would you take a moment to do that? Just have that person in mind right now, and maybe even your heart, and just say, God, would just just in your moment, in, just in a moment, just just thank, thank God for that person. Just say thank you for that person. Maybe it was your mom, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's someone else in your life who really made a difference in your life, such that you wouldn't be where you are today. I encourage you to come to God with an attitude of gratitude that way, and I'm here to let you know that just as God sent Jethro to Moses when Moses was in big need of help, God sent Jesus Christ for us when we were in big need of help. When we couldn't reach God on our own, when we were separate from God because of our sins, the fact is God loved us so much he didn't want to be apart from us. So what did he do? He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be reconciled to God so we can be brought back to God, such that a relationship with God is possible, not because of the good things that we try to do, because we can never get to where God is on our own, but it's simply because God in his unconditional love sent a savior when we needed help. And that savior is Jesus. And if you want to receive God's forgiveness today, maybe for some stuff that happened this past week, maybe you did something, a decision you made that you regret, maybe you hurt someone by the things you did or things you said, and you want God's forgiveness for that today, I'm here to let you know God loves you unconditionally. That's why he sent Jesus for you. And it's one thing to know that Jesus died on the cross for you, but it's another thing entirely to ask him for his forgiveness. And so I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. As the music is playing, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you realize you need God's forgiveness today, would you just lift up your hand to God right now? If you realize that you need God's mercy today for sin that's happened in your life, maybe something you said, something you did, why don't you just lift your hand to God right now and let that be an expression of you just sincerely coming to God and let the height of your hands reflect how much you need Him today. Why don't you lift up your hand to God and let me lead you in prayer. Why don't you just pray this prayer with me right now. You can say, Dear Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to pay for my sins, that you rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in 
and change my life, and I will never be the same. Thank you that because of you, I'm forgiven, and I belong to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 You know, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, the Bible says you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven and the best yet to come. And so if that's you, I encourage you right now, if you just touch that button that says raise your hand, if you see that on your screen, why don't you just touch that button that says raise your hand. This is a way to say, to respond to God. In fact, a gift to encourage you in this new relationship with God. Congratulations. Finally, for all of you here in this place who are here and just like the sermon that we that we heard this this day was talking about that you need wisdom in this time if you're here and you realize you need wisdom for a situation in your life right now for some area of your life right now I want to encourage you to make the most of this opportunity why don't you lift your hand to God right now as this an expression of you saying God would you give me wisdom God I need your wisdom I can't do this on my own I can't I can't figure out how to how to homeschool my kids and do work at the same time I need your help in this area maybe it's an area of in a relationship maybe it's in the area of finances maybe it's in the area of having a you know you need to have that difficult conversation with that person but you don't know how to start and you need God's wisdom in that area maybe it's about a decision you need to make and you're, you're struggling with it you're not really sure what to do you're don't really sure what, what what direction to take right now. If that's you, can I encourage you to make the most this time because God loves you. He's here. He's with you. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves you. He's listening right now. Why don't you lift your hand to God and would you just in your own words just start talking to God today. If from your heart, just start talking to God and ask him for the wisdom that you need to figure out that situation, to get through that time, to, to, to manage that relationship, to, to figure out that issue, that you don't have to do it on your own. Would you just start talking to God right now? Don't wait for me to stop talking. You just start talking to God right now from your heart, in your own words. Whatever area where you need wisdom, we all, I think I, I think we all have an area where we desperately need wisdom to know how to do things right, that lead in ways that lead to peace, that lead to good results. Would you just ask God for that right now? Don't depend on yourself, but you can just ask God for that. God, I pray for wisdom today. I pray for wisdom in that area of my life. And just start talking to God in your own words. Just start talking to God from your heart today. From your heart today. Don't worry about your neighbor, what they're doing. You just start talking to God right now. He's here. He's listening. He loves you. Just start talking to God right now. Start talking to God right now. Give that issue to him. Give that burden to him. Give that care to him. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for his perspective. Ask God for his heart for that situation. His heart for that person. That's it. That's it. Let me pray for you right now. God, I just want to thank you so much that whenever we come into your presence, we're made new once again. That whenever we look to you, we find everything we need. And that you're a God who is willing to give wisdom to those who ask it. And God, on behalf of every single person who's got their hands raised, their hearts open, their lives lifted up to you right now, I pray for them. I pray, God, that you would bless them with the wisdom that they need to navigate this season of life right now. Thank you, God, that we don't have to go through this season by ourselves, trying to figure things out on our own with our own smarts and our own experience. How often do we fail when we do that? But thank you that we have you to look to and that you give 
give your wisdom through your word, through the people that you place in their lives. And so we ask you, God, for that wisdom today. That for people who have to make tough decisions, that God, you would give them wisdom to make the right decision. That for people who have to have difficult conversations, you give them wisdom, not just on what to say, but how to say it. That for people who need wisdom about certain directions they need to take, that Father God, thank you that you will give them everything they need when we look to you. So we thank you today. Thank you for being the God who gives wisdom in our hard times. And with that wisdom comes peace. With that wisdom comes hope, such that we can say no matter what, the best is yet to come. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now, wherever you are, wherever you're seated right now. Praise God. You guys are beautiful church inside and out. Hey, by the way, if you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus just a minute ago, if you could text the word believe to 604-285-5770, we'd love to get in touch with you, have a special gift to give to you. And we want to do this right now as we close off our service. A couple things we're going to do. First off, those of you who call throughout church, your home church, if you uh, you know are, are here and throughout church is your home, it's your spiritual home, or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, let's give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings. Knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. Not only does he add everything we need, but he also builds his church through us. And so let's sow into the kingdom of God. Uh, and let's go. You go, go to mythrive.info. There's a place where you can give online. Thank you so much for giving today. Let's give, believing the best is yet to come. That's it for us here at Thrive Church Online. We're going to hand it back to our online host, Raul. Have an amazing rest of your Victoria Day weekend. Have an amazing Sunday, everybody, all everybody watching around the world. We love you guys. God loves you. And praise God, the best is yet to come. Have an amazing week. We'll see you guys really soon. Bless you guys. All right. Thank you, Pastor JB. If you were blessed by today's message, then let us know in the chat by using one word to describe your online experience today. Before we go, I have a few short announcements. If this is your first time visiting us here at Thrive Church Online, then let us know by texting new to 604-285-5770. So we want to send you a Thrive water bottle just for visiting us today. For those of you who made the decision to receive Jesus, congratulations, found it. Now text BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. Thrive has prepared a very special gift pack series of helpful videos and resources to answer some of the questions you may be having on your new life with Jesus. Here at Thrive Church, we have a very cool saying, and it goes like this. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. So if you need a recharge, then I invite you to our weekly Zoom prayer meeting, which takes place every Tuesday at 8.30. So join us for a time of worship and prayer. And for more information, follow us on Facebook or our Instagram accounts. Speaking of joining, have you joined a small group yet? No? Don't worry. Sign up for one at MyThrive.info. It's the best way to stay connected during this COVID season with people that are encouraging, supportive, and are just there to love you. So sign up at MyThrive.info. Now, we especially want to welcome you back next Sunday as we continue this online message series called Exodus, Hope for Hard Times. That's it for the announcements this week. Thank you for stopping by, and don't forget to give your tithes and offerings. My name is Raul. It's been a pleasure to be your online host. Have a blessed rest of your weekend, and we'll see you back next Sunday here at the Red Church Online. See you.